You're listening to Why We Do What We Do. Hello and welcome to Why We Do What We Do. This is your host, Abraham. And your co-host, Ryan O. All right. So I was looking through some of the comments from our listeners on our Facebook page. And I decided that I really was interested in some of the personalities of the people who listen to our show, some of their characteristics. And so what I did is I picked one person and I decided to break down from their comments. I decided to analyze their personality. Okay. All right. So here's what I got. I want you to be thinking about, dear listeners, if this is you, um, let us know in the comment section below. Okay. So this is for you. Some of your goals are very unrealistic. At times, you are extroverted, affable, social, while at other times, you are introverted, wary, and reserved. Okay, Uh, You found it unwise to be too frank in revealing yourself to others. You pride yourself as being an independent thinker and do not accept others' opinions without satisfactory proof. You prefer a certain amount of change and variety and become dissatisfied when hemmed in by restrictions and limitations. At times, you have serious doubts as to whether you have made the right decision or done the right thing. Disciplined and controlled on the outside, you tend to be worrisome and insecure on the inside. Your sexual adjustment has presented some problems for you. While you have some personality weaknesses, you're generally able to compensate for them. You have a great deal of unused capacity, which has not turned to your advantage. Um, You have a tendency to be critical of yourself, and you have a strong need for other people to like you and for them to admire you. So if you think this is you, uh, let us know, post some comments, send us an email, reply on Twitter, whatever. All right, Ryan, how, how well do you think this applies to you? You just summed up my entire life, Abraham. Um, well, and I hope that I would, because this is a very vague, very general description that could actually apply to just about anyone, right? Yeah. Okay, so what we're talking about what today... What is this thing? Yeah. Um, I, so I get credit where credit is due. I just uh, I Googled, I found this thing, I copied it and pasted it in here. I didn't actually write it. Um, and But this is all under what's called the Barnum effect or the Forer effect, right? Yes, Okay. exactly. And the, the general description that's often given of this is something for everyone. It's sort, yeah, you know, yeah, sort of how yeah. it's described. And uh-huh. uh, what you may have noticed in there is I gave a lot of sort of vague generalities that might apply to anyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's dig into the history about this. All right, so I did find an article that was in 1947. Uh, it was it was kind of talking about this beforehand. I wanted to just mention that because it's been formally given credit to someone else in 1949. That's kind of like where it stands. But okay. that one person out there that knows that that other reference, um, it, there was some people kind of talking about it, but it wasn't kind of formally studied at that point. So 1949, Bertram R. Forer uh, was looking at the fallacy of personal validation. And that's kind of where it came about. Mm-hmm. It's got a few different um, things that people kind of talk about. One is, is so I'll go into the source article first. So he, he basically looked at his classroom and was trying to demonstrate the gullibility of uh, this effect, right? And so, that it produces. Like in general, right. how much people would just sort of believe what you tell them? Yep, yep. And it was, uh, I don't remember the exact number, it was the majority of his class or far over half um, yeah. believed it was them. And from that, it's been kind of looked at and studied and uh, validated uh, a bunch of different ways. And it's kind of coming up with some other names as well. So the Barnum effect we mentioned, uh, subjective validation is another personal validation effect. 
um, or this fallacy of personal validation are all the ones that I found. Mm-hmm. So it's been a, it's been around a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and people have used it for a lot of different things. And I think we'll get into some examples of where you're going to find the Barnum effect. And probably a few of you have already mm-hmm. thought of some as you're listening to this. But it rests in at least three premises and, um, and that I found. And you could probably say that it, there are more or fewer. And then I, there's uh, 13 specific elements to it that I'm going to go over. But the three premises are that first, most people are more alike than they are different in general. So basically, we all have a lot of uh, things in common, and so if you tap into those common um, those, those commonalities that we share, mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to be you're more likely to be correct than you are incorrect. Yeah. Okay? One one video I was watching earlier today on YouTube was uh, using the word intuitive a lot, and the guy just kind of turned and said, like, "Why would I not want to feel like I'm intuitive, <laughs> or that I'm smart, or yeah. that I'm good looking?" Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a common a common element in the sort of getting off topic, but in advertising to specifically tell your the people that you're targeting for your ad, you're smart, you're making a great decision when you buy our product, you're mm-hmm. a better person, mm-hmm. and so as much as they can, sort of get at this um, this element of of what people have in common and wanting to feel uh, smart and validated and have positive things mm-hmm. said about you is something that we most people have in common. Yeah. Another one, uh, or the, at least the second one, that the premise that this rests in is that the problems that most people have in their life are generally attributable to the same major transitions for all people. So we're talking about death, mm-hmm. money, divorce, uh, work, uh, friendships, school. Yeah, all of these things are major transitions and major roadblocks that people that almost every single person is going to face, and almost every single person is going to come into some level of problem with them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it speaks to when you are thinking about people maybe who are very wealthy, and even people who are very wealthy are still going to have issues with money if they have a lot of expenses. They might still be concerned about their taxes. People are still concerned about. Uh, concerned about um, what they're paying for, whether they're getting their money's worth. And, you know, if couples get divorced, then there's a lot of concern about who gets how much money from the amount of wealth that they've generated and they're used to a certain lifestyle. So mm-hmm. the, the money in and of itself doesn't necessarily mean that people won't be worried about money. Even people with a lot of money still have problems. So this is something that's common even to um, the people who aren't necessarily having trouble with money. Yeah. All right, and the final premise is that people who show up to listen to someone either read their palms or do tarot cards, people who are reading in horoscopes, or people who are showing up to um, someone else who's doing these what are called cold readings, someone who's going to tell them about the personality, is that they are already there because they want someone to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And they have a problem or a thought that they want to communicate and that they just they want someone to be receptive and thoughtful and kind and be sort of in their court, if you will, yeah. on these things. So those are the premises, right? Yeah. So if you those are the three things that are sort of assumed to be the case that allow this idea of the Barnum effect or the Forer effect to mm-hmm. work. Okay. Great. Okay. So where does that take us? Let's actually go through the thirteen ingredients of of the Forer effect. So is this part of does is cold is cold reading one of the thirteen ingredients? 
It's not actually. Uh, cold reading is a way in which these ingredients are used. Okay, so, so let's, let's come back to cold reading after. Yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, Perfect. let's do this first. Okay, so I there was I found this interesting article that identified thirteen ingredients for how to go about doing this Barnum effect. And so if we haven't communicated this already, the Barnum effect is when you make some kind of statement about someone that appears to be true on its surface. Mm -hmm. And usually it's because it's really vague and it could sort of apply. Like I, like I mentioned, you know, we're all more alike than we are different. So if I were to say something like, you, there are some things in your life that are difficult to overcome, but you stick through it and you find ways around it like that's going to be true for almost every single person, right? Yeah. So that's the bottom effect is that you can relate to these ideas and you are in a sense, quote unquote, gullible. Yeah. But that's not to say that it's because you're stupid or anything like that. But so anyway, the 13 ingredients are one, that you're confident. Okay. Okay. So if you're trying to make someone believe the statement that you're about to have, you want to... Um, Exude confidence. Exactly. You want to demonstrate yeah. some level of confidence. So the second one would be... Uh, being aware of uh, the current statistics and like what's in vogue. Right. right. Yeah. So um, this one I found was just what, what are people talking about? What do people have in common? Uh -huh. If you were to like look up right now, you might find that a, some, a lot of people are talking about that. Fidget, fidget spinners. Fidget spinners. Oh my yes. gosh. Fidget spinners. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you, you might say like you're a fidgety person, you like to have things in your hands that you play with, that's also going to apply to a lot of people um, and it's going to be immediately relevant. So being aware yeah. of those current things. Um, the third one is that you want to appear that you're modest. You want to not like come off as a know-it-all, but you want to just you want your audience to sort of think of you as being sort of humble, but at the same time you want to sort of set a stage. Okay. So you're giving the appearance of being confident in yourself, but not that you are like better than they are. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit humble, but also like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the fourth one, gain cooperation. Yeah. What do they mean with this one? Well, you generally want to get some sort of buy-in from the people. Um, okay. Yeah. So you want to, you're really just trying to have them be willing to participate with you in this exchange. Okay. So if they come in and they're immediately like, I'm not going to believe anything you say, you're yeah. automatically going to have trouble with trying to convince them that what you're saying is real. Okay. So just trying to build that trust. Yeah, exactly right. Cool. The next one is having some kind of gimmick. Okay. And this one's kind of important because this one is – this shows up a lot. And so what what comes to mind for you when you're thinking of a gimmick related to this? Uh, any of those like tarot readings or yeah. any of those – what are those? I don't even know what they are. Like this, the psychic reading places. I see them all over Reno mm -hmm. actually where we're at. Yeah. Uh, currently recording this one. Um, right. But <laughs> I don't know what they are. I've actually never been in them. I've never actually visited one of the psychics before, although I'm kind of interested now, especially that we sort of prepared for this. They So the, the gimmick is often that they're reading your palm. Um, some of them will have a crystal ball. Often the gimmick is an actual tangible item, but sometimes it's an action that they do. Mm -hmm. um, so some gimmicks are that they read tea leaves from a cup. Um, some of the gimmicks are that they do the tarot cards. Whatever it is, like having some sort of action or activity or tangible item that you're using yeah. is uh, is often a, a good element to incorporate. It makes it seem more legitimate. It makes it seem like there's a part of what you're doing that is anchored to reality in a way. Okay, yeah, and it makes sense that they use real-world things to try to anchor it to reality, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. 
Um, okay, great. So that was what, the fifth one? Yeah. Our sixth one is being prepared with stock phrases. Uh, and you've kind of touched on this quite a bit. You just need to have things that can be generally said mm-hmm. and don't get you in trouble, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And sort of also being prepared for people might come and they're a little bit skeptical. Even if they really want to believe, mm-hmm. they might be kind of looking for you to slip up. So have some really general things that you're almost always going to say. And I actually decided to look up some stock phrases. What kind of things are people likely to have? And um, apparently one that I found when I was looking for this is – you appear to be cheerful, well-balanced person. You may have some alternation of happy and unhappy moods, but they are not extreme now. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're having a good day, sometimes uh-huh. you're having a bad day. I'm like, yep, that's everybody who's ever lived. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and so those are some of the, the stock phrases that you might have. Uh, the next one, number seven, is keep your eyes open. And what they really mean by this is... Pay attention to how people are reacting to what you're saying as well as notice the little things about them. Notice the jewelry they're wearing, how they carry themselves, how much they make eye contact or not, whether or not they have made an effort to sort of stand out by wearing maybe very different types of clothes mm-hmm. or having their appearance look a little bit extreme. And then you're just going to modify around that. And so you're you're going to be allow your what you're saying to shift based on their little um, – based on the responses and their yep. little sort of movements. So if you say something and someone kind of jerks away like they're surprised, then you know you've said something that's maybe not on. But a lot of times when you say something that's accurate, people are going to nod a little bit yeah. and maybe you're going to look a little more thoughtful about what you're saying. It really sounds like something that is uh, both learned and that you could get really good at. Yes, and exactly. You potentially make a lot of money off of if you're really good at too, right? I read about a guy who actually paid his way through college by doing cold readings of students on campus. Like that was how we paid his tuition. So you, yeah, you can make a decent amount of money. Um, I didn't have ethical guidelines and morals. <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> not that we're advocating that you go do this, but maybe now you know when someone's doing it to you. Yes. All right, number eight, uh, fishing. So number eight is fishing. Yep. And I always yeah, love this one. Get a worm and a sinker. And yep, you just kind of throw it out there and you okay. see what you get. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the way I look at this one is there's, um, you, especially if you're good at it, you're going to be kind of variable in the things that you're trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not know it, but you're going to be kind of systematic about what you've been trying, the different types of statements that you're throwing out there. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, again, like on your other one, rely on seeing kind of like, you're, you're going to be using keeping your eyes open, that mm-hmm. last step, um, to see which of your kind of you know throws yeah. on your fishing pole actually return fish, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's some very specific tactics. So there's there's a really good joke. They do this one on South Park where they go to see a medium and he's he's doing some fi- – part of what he's doing is some fishing in the audience. And he's like, I'm hearing a name. It starts with a mm, a p, a k, a t, a s. And he goes through like every sound a name is likely to start with Yeah, yeah. before someone speaks up. And they're like, oh, Mary. And you know, an audience yeah, of yeah, 200 yeah. people, who's going to know someone whose name starts with an mm? You know, yeah. at least one person yeah. is going to know. So the fishing is you – just as you said, you're going to sort of throw out a line and you're going to try and if – it, if it bites, hold on to it. If not, mm-hmm. sort of reel it back and try another one. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to keep trying to see what kind of things hook – and people react to, and just move on if they don't. Yep. Cool. Yeah. 
Uh, the next one is being a good listener. And this has, this goes back a little bit to, to keeping your eyes open. But this one also is people will give you a lot of information. Or if you're the one who's on the receiving end of this, you are uh, probably giving the person who's reading you a lot of information. You, you know, people who go to these situations are often very open. They're like, I'm here because I'm having all this trouble with my husband. I'm really afraid that he might be sneaking around on me. You've already told this person <laughs> everything that they need to know. Uh-huh. And so they are already know to play to your suspicions. They already know that you have suspicions. And so they can just start by saying things back to you that are general statements about what you've already said. Uh-huh. But you have to be a good listener so that you can pick up on the little things yep. that you can say back to people. Yeah. And it sounds like you are doing a good job. Um, I guess inferring or not inferring, but you are predicting what they're thinking or saying, even yeah. though you're actually only saying to them what they've already said yeah. to you. That leads us right into our next one. They all seem to be kind of compiling together. So like yeah. as you're fishing and you're keeping your eyes open and you find these sort of things where you're being a good listener, listener, then it's time to just like dramatize it, right? And ham it up. Yeah. And just uh, see what you can you just start kind of cranking the knob on it, right? Right. And, right? and like so the advice they give... Adding some more passion, adding some more emotions. Exactly. Into those sort of things. Yeah, the advice they give is specific, specifically like get... It's not exactly silly, but it's overly dramatic to the point where if you know what's going on, it looks silly yeah. because you are... You, you get really serious about something like, I know what you're feeling because it's really hard when you have these suspicions. Like, okay... <laughs> Great. You just said back to me what I just said. So <laughs> it's you, you make it sound a little more serious. Be a little bit of ham about it. Make it more intense than it really needs to be. And just, yeah. just a little bit. Just, out, just crank that knob. Mm-hmm. You know, it's at five. Just bump it up to six or seven. Yeah. And again, feel out your audience. You might want to pump it all the way up to ten. If you got a big fish, right? That's right. <laughs> Boom. Reel it in. Some people, some people come in preloaded with these things. <laughs> uh, so the second to last one is to give the impression that you know more than what you're saying. Okay, So you want to say these things. And, and basically what that means is you want to say it as if it's kind of obvious in a way. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're not giving away the whole story. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, so if we're going back to this, like my husband's cheating on me sort of thing, you're like, you've seen before, like it looks suspicious. And Uh so you're giving the hint that maybe you know more about what's going on, even though you are just saying the same thing, but using slightly different words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And number 13. All right, the last one. Uh, I know I said this last time on 11, but I really think that this one does like bring it all together. Yeah. So you're telling them what they want to hear. That's right. You've succeeded on the other 12 steps. (laughs) And it reminds me of this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk, that I'm into. Crazy entrepreneur. What he wrote was this book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. (laughs) These people just jab, 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 right hooked. (laughs) Right? Like they just hit you on 12 things in a row. And now they hit you right with what you want to hear. And you're convinced, right? Mm -hmm. You're just like, that. that is me. That's me. You described me. You know me. Oh, and you're hooked, right? Yeah. So yeah, you find out what kind of things by, by all of these other steps, you find out what kind of things they're into, what their problem is, um, what they're likely to be flattered by, and you're going to uh, then you're, you are really just – you're going to be telling them pretty consistently actually of uh, exactly what they're there to hear. So if they're there t- for you to tell them that they're – uh, significant other having an affair, like tell them their significant yeah. other. If, if they're there because they want you to tell them that their significant other is not having an affair, then you need to suss that out and figure out like that's what you need to tell them. And so you just got to feel your audience be and then tell them what it is that they're there to hear and then they all feel happy about it and they hand over their wallet and you just keep it and then they leave without their wallet. Just validation. That's right. That's it. 
Validate so, the whole reason they came in. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the, the main 13 reason or the 13 ingredients that are sort of involved in these steps um, of, of doing this Barnum effect or this, um, the four effect with the something for everyone. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now you're going to go out in the world and look around and say, where are they trying to get me on this? So, and actually I've already listed several. Yeah. Uh, kind of so, correlates with the things that believe in kind of the paranormal, right? Sure. Yeah. You can, so, you can find it there. Yeah. Um, so anything like tarot reading cards yep. can fall in there as well. Tarot reading is an example of where they're going to use the Barnum effect. Yep. Uh, mediums are often use the Barnum effect. Often. They just do. They use the Barnum yeah. effect. Yeah. I mean, there might be a medium who's like, doesn't even try. And they're just like, your wife's name was Betty. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Uh, you had to, guys. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and, you know, but most mediums, I think, are going to be using the bottom effect, especially the ones who manage to stay employed, yeah. unless it's for comedic purposes. Um, where else? There's a lot of parts of this that I see as being part of being a good leader and being a good business person to an effect, right? Wow, I didn't think about that. Gaining confidence. Yeah. Uh, gaining cooperation. Keeping your eyes open. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of things that could be there. Um, so that's I'm not point. saying that that's a, the qualities of a good leader by any way, um, <laughs> but I could see that, uh, someone might have those tendencies when they're using this and it might actually kind of throw you for, throw you for a loop. Yeah. Right. It's a great point. Um, and then we mentioned some others, uh, crystal balls, people who, you know, are palm readers, tea leaf le- readers, um, horoscopes are oh. very, very common. Um, and what, what I think I? one of the, one, if you listen to the Weird Al song, he has about horoscopes, he has a line of there yeah. where it's, um, today you're going to wake up, do a bunch of stuff and then go back to sleep. And like, yeah. there's a great, it's actually not a great example of this because it's, it's, it is actually amazingly, this is the thing too, too broad, yeah. but it, it characterizes <laughs> the same idea of how this effect works. One of my favorites I just realized was I was at a conference for, they call it Quantified Self. Mm-hmm. Um, so people just kind of taking data on themselves, trying to explore and learn more about themselves and make their life a little bit better. Okay. Uh, there was a guy there that uh, set up a little booth and he would read your iPhone or your smartphone. Okay. And what he would do is you'd look at the apps on your home screen and you'd swipe, you know, swipe left and right to kind of see what your apps were and your layout and where you customize everything. Mm-hmm. And he would tell you about your life. He nice. did really well. He caught all the attention and he spun it straight into sales opportunities. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Right. That, and I guess that's a point I didn't <laughs> even think to include in here is that this doesn't have to be about one way that you can sell this, and that, that just go back, goes back to that gimmick thing, is it doesn't even necessarily have to be anything you have. But you can say, like, I can look at your shoes and tell you all about yourself. Yeah. I can look at how many times you blink in a minute yeah. and tell you. It doesn't matter what you anchor it to. You can yeah. anchor it to anything. And then you just apply the same formula. I will say, in case someone hunts down what that company was because they're still around, <laughs> that uh, he was doing some really cool things. They were uh, very much tied into, like, evidence-based um, mm-hmm. from what I read, but sure. I haven't checked him out for a couple years. And so it was, it was actually cool that he was using this like weird, uh, kind of gimmick to like get people to look into this kind of evidence-based approach a little bit more. And you know, this actually goes back to one of the, uh, point number two is if you're aware of the statistics on this, like you might actually find if people have Facebook on the home screen of their iPhone, then like 90% of those people use Facebook 
while they're at work or something. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's a, a super arbitrary, super vague thing that you can say that's actually going to apply to most people anyway. Yeah. Um, but you might actually find that those are real statistics mm -hmm. or you might find something completely different. So just being aware of what kind of things you're going to pay attention to and how to tie those in to the effect that you're creating. Um, that's all there is to it. Yeah. Pretty simple. Right. So why, why does this work? Can we jump into that now? It, you're right. The next thing that's really important to talk about is, okay, so we can convince these people that we know everything about them, whoop-de-doo, but why? How, how is it possible to create this effect, right? So what are, what are your thoughts right out the gate? So there's two people interacting, right? Mm -hmm. Typically how these sort of things go. Um, and we know that people will uh, respond to things that are relatively good. Mm -hmm. that happened to them, right? Yep. So as they're using like these 13 different things, mm -hmm. right? Whether you're the listener or the person that's maybe fishing in the situation, yeah. when you do have those hits, it is uh, very much rewarding, right? To hear those sort of things. Sure. So I just say, I would say naturally, like regardless of the intention of either person, just the fact of like these 13 strategies and kind of the way that they use them, it's inherently going to be rewarding mm -hmm. uh, regardless of how effective it really is, right? Sure. And I think that the reason that they're inherently rewarding is tapping into this, um, one of those premises, is that people are already there for a reason. Mm -hmm. So the motivation is present. The fact that they showed up yes. means that there was motivation for, um, for something um, where the, that means that a reward is available. Yes. Right. So they're seeking out something and that yes. if you can provide that something, that's the reward for their seeking. Yes. But people who are there who are like specifically there to debunk you um, or to try – I see you as if you know, you're the one doing it. If the people who are in these places – uh, who, go, who go to, let's say, a palm reader, and they're specifically there to try and debunk the palm reader, mm -hmm. they can manipulate these. And, and then yeah. the palm reader just has to be really good about um, basically having an explanation for why it wouldn't work. And actually, I, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about the gaining cooperation part, is you want to set up a fail-safe where it's like, if you don't work with me on this, then it's not going to work. Yeah. Like if you don't believe me, if you don't really have faith that I'm telling the truth, then I won't be able to speak to the ether and yeah. get the yeah. real information or speak to the spirits, you know? And so that, that builds in the like, if, if, it's, if I'm wrong, it's because you made me wrong. And if I'm right, it's because I'm right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, um, but yeah, just going to this idea that if people are showing up in the first place, then you can capitalize on the fact that they're there to pursue whatever it is they're looking to get out of that experience. And that's the, that's a reward that's already built in. Yeah. So there's that correspondence of, um, them showing up, the person that's doing the cold, uh, reading, mm -hmm. figuring that sort of thing out when they figure it out and they deliver it, that corresponds the fact that they found it and they delivered it. That could be the reinforcer, right? Yeah. For the reward. That's the payoff, man. Yeah. That's why we're there. You know, we got what we came for. Yeah. Success. Victory. <laughs> now, there's a little bit more with just the hits and misses stuff, right? Right. So I didn't read a ton into this, um, but uh, I know that we're more likely to remember hits than misses. Yeah. And so there's actually two parts of this. And the first I want to um, remark on is there's been some research where they have found that people are more likely to report that they believe something is true if that thing is flattering. Yes. So it's specifically if the thing that they get is something about how smart you are or how attractive you are or how hard you work or how you deserve all the good things in the world. You know, anything that sort of caters to flattery and uh -huh. um, really 
hamming it up, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, making people feel good about themselves. People are, are more likely to report, and this is actually a pretty consistent finding that they've, when they've done research on this, that people are more likely to um, identify statements as being accurate if they're self-flattering. Okay? Yes. Um, no. And the other one, I'm just going to, sorry, quickly yeah. throw in there, is is this idea with, with the hits and the misses is not only are you more likely to respond to those things that are flattering, and there's a lot of reasons that you might do that, but the can, fact that... Can I beat you this, to this one? Oh, yeah. Go for it. No, the hits are also remembered, but they also lead to more information than being given. Oh, is great point. Uh, no, but no, that's okay. <laughs> but that, that's a great thing to add on to what I was going to say next. <laughs> so what I was going to say next was that um, the hits and the misses thing, and why are we likely to remember the hits and the misses? Yes, we are more likely to remember hits and misses, but the... And what that means is we're more likely to remember the things that stand out, and that is because, specifically, they're different from our normal environment. And we've talked about how you, in, I think in a memory episode, how mm-hmm. you like drive from point A to point B, but you don't even remember the drive. You just get there, yeah. and you're like, wait a minute. How did I get – I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Um, I always like got here, and here I am. But it's – when everything is just sort of normal and you're in your normal environment, you're very unlikely to um, notice the things that are just part of the normal environment. You're really yeah. gonna, you're more likely to notice the things that stand out as being different. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and so when there's an odd or novel thing that you haven't seen before, um, that's more likely to stand out. And so the same is true for when people are talking to you and they're saying a whole bunch of they're fishing. They're doing, they're throwing out their hooks and everything. But the one thing they say that really catches your attention because it's relevant to you and it's relevant to your motivation for being there. Boom, you got your hook. And so now they've got your attention. Now you're going to remember that thing. And like, okay, maybe they had a couple misses, but that's not that significant because dude, they totally nailed the one thing I was waiting for. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, they went through every letter of the alphabet, but one of the 26 (laughs) letters was going to be the one that you were waiting for. (laughs) 25 misses isn't so bad if they've got one of them correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, so I guess go and tie in the next piece you're going to mention yeah so uh also what i read was that the hits uh being remembered can actually lead to more information than being given right so when someone does hit on something like that letter now it's like all right awesome (laughs) you 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 said it and just here comes the floodgates of everything else that the people were actually really trying to fish and look for Mm -hmm. right so now they can capitalize on those sort of things yeah so they've they've seen a bunch of information yeah so numerous studies have seen that effect to where once they have a hit, it leads to more information, uh, accurate, accurate information being delivered um, by the participant, and then the cold reader can then use that to kind of gobble up and keep using those 13 techniques with. I'm going to go ahead and try one on you really quick and just see. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and I'm going to connect with the person in your life, okay? Okay. <laughs> and so just so everyone knows that because um, you're, as you're listening, you're in on, on this, Um, I don't know the name of the person that I'm looking for, but I'm going to give him just enough information that he is going to tell me the name of the person. And then I'm going to respond as if I knew it all along. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's someone in your life whose name starts with a M, a P, T. Tyler? Tyler. Tyler says hi. (laughs) It's... (laughs) (laughs) Tell him I said hello. <laughs> Will do. Um, and so, the whole purpose of that was like I'm just I'm throwing out sounds that could be anybody, right? And as soon as one of them was a hit for you, you volunteer the information, Tyler. I didn't know who you were going to say, 
Yeah. But as long as you said someone, I could react to that name and be like, that's the one. I, yeah, I knew it was a Tyler. I knew it all along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just had, you know. And so that's the, um, as you said, that's really the whole thing of what you were saying. Of like, they volunteer more information. And it could be much bigger than that. Of like, if I were to say, t- and you're like, Tyler, Tyler died in a terrible car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't. He's here. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Tyler helps us with our video. By the, the way, that was that was the way we had all the laughs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's laughing over there in the corner. So, um, so is uh, you volunteer all this information about like what's who Tyler is and why that's relevant for you, and yeah. now I can just play off of that. Exactly. And so now I've got all these all these hits. I'm like I don't even have to fish for yeah. a lot of that information. I don't have to assume that the problem that you have with them is dead. It could be <laughs> Tyler owes you money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, know, yeah, yeah. you owe him the money. Um, but but you volunteer all the information. So all right. So if I fall susceptible susceptible to these sort of things, mm-hmm. like uh, am I stupid? Um, yeah. No, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, totally not. And actually, a lot of people are going to be. this is going to be immediately appealing. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this is going to work. And we've already covered the fact that there's often already motivation. These people are capitalizing on natural rewards that exist for us for, um, first of all, the flattering things, as well as Mm -hmm. um, people have these common problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the the people who do this, they're capitalizing on those things that we have in common, right? And so when you don't, when you when you accept or you feel or you believe what is being said to you, there's a lot of ifs. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you believe, if you buy into this and you you feel like it makes a lot of sense to you and you can connect with it, well, you know that's not because you're stupid. The people are influenced by those who use this effect, yeah. the four effect, the Barnum effect. It's not because they're dumb. It's not because they're uneducated or they're bad people or they're weak willed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They're just people who were in a situation where someone was able to capitalize on their emotions and their circumstances and yeah. sort of twist that to their advantage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just important to say, like, just because you fell victim to this doesn't make you stupid. And hopefully now you're a little better armed to be aware of when people's taking advantage of you by using the four effect. Yeah. They when someone can realize what your motivation is. Right. Uh So here's some tools to kind of motivate you, right? Mm -hmm. To uh, help identify when someone else is motivated to try to capitalize on your motivation. Yeah. So that's actually something that I didn't really speak to yet about why is someone going to try and use this effect? And what what do you think the number one reason someone's going to try and capitalize on the Barnum effect with another person? Get what they want out of it. Sure. Like, yeah, what's right. up? For most people, it's going to be money. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a capitalistic society, so yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, if they're using the Barnum effect, it's because they're trying to get money out of you for something. It won't always be that way. Uh, there are people who really believe in what they're doing when they use the Barnum effect. They don't know that they're using this effect, and their only goal is to just get you to believe with them. Mm-hmm. And maybe down the road, get your money. But <laughs> at least, you know. The, the reasons that people are going to use this are going to be almost always to influence you and almost always to influence you to do something. It's not ever just going to be like, I'm a good person, just want to tell you about your loved ones and go about my day. <laughs> you don't have to believe me, whatever. You know, almost everyone's going to have a reason that they're trying to do this. And to their credit, I think that people who um, use this don't maybe even don't necessarily know yeah. that they're always using, uh, probably a lot of them do, but there might be some people out there who are like, I've got a gift. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're, they're really good at fishing and they're really good at reading people. And so they pick up on these things and they believe that they're picking up on them because they're really psychic. That, that could be true. I don't know. I maybe I don't really just Perhaps, don't know. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but for the most part, people who are doing this are doing this because they're trying to get you to do something. And usually that something is open your wallet and pour it onto their desk. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Does that wrap us up? I think that's it. I think that's all we got to cover on this episode. Um, hopefully uh, you are armored now. Go out and don't be swindled by the Barnum effect. And now yeah. you know if it sounds like something is very appealing to you and you specifically, it's probably because someone was taking advantage of the Barnum effect. So if you did reply in those comments, you can go back and yell at Abraham for using it on you. Yep, that was my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for listening. Uh We'll catch you next time. Yeah, so uh, Abraham and Ryan O out. You've been listening to Why We Do What We Do. Why We Do What We Do is supported in part by ABAI's Disseminating Behavior Analysis Special Interest Group and our amazing listeners. If you like what you heard, consider heading to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash podcast. Anything helps and we are continuously lining up perks and merch for our supporters. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Find us at Podcast on your favorite social media platforms. You can learn more about this and other episodes by going to www.wwdpodcast.com. There, you'll find links as well as detailed and shareable show notes. Why We Do What We Do is Abraham, Ryan O, and Miranda. Artwork and logo design by Andrew Pollock at nogdesigns.com. Video and production assistance from Tyler Brucier with music courtesy of Justin Greenhouse. Brendan Bohr does our episode art. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have an awesome day. <laughs>